Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Love Hour. I'm your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I am officially and finally joined by my co-host and husband. The Kev on stage. Kev, you had a full month off, It's for women only over? For women only is over. For women only when the color isn't enough? Yes, Dr. Jessica which we're actually filming this out of order, but by the time this airs, just Dr. Jessica's episode, Dr. Jessica Shepard's episode would have just aired, and that would have been the period two hour for women only. That so was the period funny, Dr. Right? already came. Nice, Liz. Regular Rodney Dangerfield over here. Know. I'll be here all week. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I, the audience really, really enjoyed the four women only series so thank you guys so much for allowing us the opportunity to kind of step outside of what we've typically been doing and you guys like really embraced it so i think that's great and we will do it more often next year yes we will did you enjoy your time off i did you know just uh when you're a sought after talent you're just you're just needed. You are oh, so sought yeah. after. Uh, but no, I actually learned a lot. I didn't. Uh, there were some things you I learned. You were off the mic, but you were here. I was here mm-hmm. in spirit and in truth. <clears throat> but sometimes I'm going to be out of town. You're going to have to do the love hour without me. Mm-hmm. Are you afraid? No, now I know that I have guests that I can call on. I have topics. And the fact that there is like an appetite with our audience to do more yes. than just you and I, I think is. <clears throat> Don't replace me full time, though. No, I won't replace you. You're irreplaceable. I, I like to be on this Q show. Beyonce. Um, Q Neo, he wrote the song. He did. He's a beast <laughs> for that. So what I want to do, so essentially from now through the end of the year, we do have it kind of chocked full with guests for the most part. There will probably only be about a handful of shows where it will just be Kevin and I, mm-hmm. and this is obviously one of those. And so what I wanted to do to kind of make it easy for us is create a series that we will do, but it'll kind of be in- intermittent. Okay. So the series will be marriage through the years down through the years oh god's been good to me mm, mm, mm. down through the that years. melody is to another song to so it threw song. me off every song oh i've never heard that song though oh you didn't go to church like i did hello military church they had to be in and out an hour y'all don't have time for the holy ghost to linger no we were the last uh, sh- uh church service so we did have time to linger thank you very much yeah went an hour and three minutes shut up um, i was born in a dark church <laughs> molded by it. By the uh, time I saw an hour-long service, I was already a man. <laughs> That's a Bane reference. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Um, so yeah. the series will be Marriage Through the Years. Where we will basically just talk about the different stages of marriage, different stages that we've gone through in our relationship and that sort of kind of thing. Lessons that we've learned over the course of our of our relationship based on those stages. Okay, you here for it? Yes, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a really good um, conversation and something that we'll you know be able to kind of dive all over the place with. Yeah. Ooh, I'm about to dive in. Oh, you know who sings that? No, I knew it was Trey songs. And then I'm sorry. I was like, I think it's Trey songs, but I've actually never heard the song. Mm. So I didn't like have a reference to the trust your gut list, the voice. Um, Okay, so the first and I didn't make this up, by the way, I listened to a ton of podcasts and someone else did. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like, we should do that. You don't handle this or that. Oh, I forgot. Um, Thank you. Okay, this or that, that or this with Kev and Liz. Kev and Liz. Hallelujah. Okay, would you rather sleep with a pillow that is a tad too low for your comfort or sleep with your feet too cold? Pillow, you may not add any additional pillows or fold the pillow that you were given in half. Fluffing the pillow will not help either. You may not switch your pillow with your partner. Feet. Wearing socks will not warm your feet, nor will additional blanket blankets. Cuddling with your partner won't warm your feet either. That's thank how you, you got to live day to day. Thank you for being. Thank you both for being. No, start over. Thank you both for your willingness to seek your truth and remain transparent to each other and others. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for following us and submitting this question. What is your answer, Kevin? Easy. What is it? Cold feet. Yeah, mine too. A flat pillow just sucks oh no my answer was the opposite of yours okay tell me why a flat pillow is the worst we've actually spent money not on the world's best pillows but like a step above Mm -hmm. trash and you just sleep so much better with a good pillow you do sleep better i mean freezing feet sucks too 
And that's like literally the worst part to be cold. Your feet are the worst. When you're trying to go to bed and your feet are cold. It makes your whole body cold. If your extremities are cold, you are cold. Yeah. But I feel like I could deal better with an uncomfortable temperature than I could a flat pillow. I just hate. I be having to fold my pillows now. Mm-hmm. When I try to watch TV and stuff, yep. I never can get the right thing. Plus, I got a heavy head. I be beating the crap out of pillows. They'd be like, we weren't designed. We weren't designed for all of this. Please give us reprieve. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I would take the flat pillow. You have cold feet, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'm going to go with the flat pillow and keep my feet warm and the reason why is because we've lived most of our lives with flat pillows and so at this point i feel like i'm just accustomed to it and used to it um that's why your neck be hurting i know it is why my neck be hurting but child i hate when my feet are cold i'm trying to go to bed that's so uncomfortable like it makes it hard for me to go to bed yeah and i'm just so like you it didn't say you can't use your arm and at this point i've gotten used to like trying to use my arm a little bit you, that's Sleep. not comfortable. It's not the most comfortable, but child, you got to do what you got to do. I need my feet to be warm. You be putting your feet on me, and then you take all my warmth and you take it I away. know. That's why it was funny when it said your spouse's warmth won't help you. That's how you live your life. It is. You be tucking I, your toes under my belly. I try to, like, siphon all the warmness off of I you. I be hot. I know, and that's why I be trying to get it from you. Oh, you can get it. Hello? You can have it. Let me tell you what else you can have is a great way to ship your products. As you know, Kevin and I are entrepreneurs. We believe in multiple streams of income. Do more than one thing, people, in Mm -hmm. order to um, keep yourself afloat. If one thing falls, the whole boat isn't sinking because you have diversified your portfolio. We just met with our accountant, so I got all these good good, good, good (laughs) words right now. Um, And so we want to tell you about ShipStation. ShipStation is the place where you're going to sell your items online Mm -hmm. and it is an interface that interacts with etsy with amazon with ebay all of these different interfaces that allows you to bring all of your customer orders on one main page one main uh, platform where you can easily sort figure out what's doing well what's not doing well the number one thing about merch is figure out where you're making money and where you're not and Mm -hmm. so if these items aren't making money do a sale, get them, get them out, out the door, replace them with something that's going to work. But you need to have the data and the analytics to be able to make those decisions. Yes. And ShipStation will allow you that opportunity. Um, ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, whether again, that's from Amazon or Etsy or your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. And right now, our listeners can get ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use offer code love. love there's absolutely no risk you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information just visit shipstation.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in love, love. again that's shipstation.com enter offer code love shipstation.com make ship happen okay so clinically speaking they say that there are or the they say that there are five stages of a of a marriage and the first one is called disillusionment and that is basically where you come to terms with what you thought was going to be actually is not so I was going to call this something else and then as I started doing research I was like oh there's actually like a clinical scientific term for this but it's basically after the honeymoon so you're you're dating the fantasy has ended yes that's what it is. You're and dating. All the children are born. Sing your song. You're literally after the children right. are born. It's so true. So you're dating. And when you're dating, you're in this infatuation stage and your spouse is everything and everything about them is everything. You can't find one single solitary item that you do not like or love, in fact, about them. And you tell you tired. Me? Yeah. Was I yawning? I stayed up late. My sleep, my uh, Fitbit said I didn't get good sleep. You didn't? I got poor sleep. Mm. I stayed up late talking to this girl. You tired because you was over here racing uh, Doughboy. But it was mainly because I stayed up talking to this girl who bet me that she would be asleep after me. And then who won? Who did that? That was this girl I know named Melissa Frederick. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, 
um, after you are da- or while you're dating, everything is great. And you say stuff like, oh, my gosh, like he is the or she is the perfect compliment to me. Everything mm-hmm. about them um, that I'm not. They are. And they become like your favorite thing. So just as an example with you and I, I remember like, oh, my God, he's so funny. He's so this like he's um, outgoing and he's fun and he's just all of these things. And they end up being like literally the things that I'm the most attracted to you about are my polar opposites. Yes. Do you remember having yes. this? What were they? About me or about you? Well, how are you going to have them about you? About me? Oh, well, <laughs> I guess that don't make no sense. Um, the first thing about you that I liked that that became disillusionment. No, that's not what we did. We ain't there yet. To be in the romance phase. Oh, don't go to what disillusionment yeah. was. You were a good girl. Good, good, clean church girl was gonna help me stay saved. Yep. Oh my, mighty, stay safe. And then you, 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 you stay good, good, good church girl. girl. I'm like, okay, I'd be bad now. I do wear devil horns and tail and red that and lace. That is so true. And now and, I want unsaved heathen girl. That's funny. <laughs> and what's funny about that is one of the things that I remember really loving about you when we first got together was that you were um, so. Um, What's the right word? Like you were a tracer. You were so like pursuing, um, not consistent. What's the Ambitious. word? No, 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 no. Boisterous. Huh? Persistent. Persistent. It's consistent plus pursuing it together. I wanted to guess the right word, It's persistent. Uh, (laughs) Now you say it. You were so persistent. Like you would not allow me to say no. And it was one of my favorite qualities about you. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, like he knows what he wants and he's just like going after it. And so you go through this phase again in the romance stage where, and that could be at any time, Mm -hmm. you know? And honestly, I feel like in your relationship, it kind of goes like this. So you first get together and everything you're seeing your spouse through or your partner through these rose colored glasses and you love everything about them and then your relationship kind of gets to a mundane state and you might go through like the disillusionment phase where you're like oh wait a minute that's not really and then as your relationship progresses maybe they propose right and i feel like the rose colored glasses come back on when you propose oh yeah 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 because you're like oh he loves me the ring it's going to be perfect. Yes. You already start planning the wedding. Yes. And I feel mom. like it kind of revives that a yes. little bit. And so you start ignoring and then you start planning red the wedding, flags. Yes. Trash. And the wedding happens. Exactly. It's great. Honeymoon. Great. And then real life. And then just... real life. Yes. And so I feel like at the beginning of your relationship up through like, again, about the honeymoon and maybe a little bit thereafter up to two years or whatever they say, um, you're, you kind of go through like your highs and lows of like the disillusionment phase. Yeah. And then. After you say I do and the honeymoon is over and you're just like there's nothing else like going to spark that unless maybe a kid. But sometimes kids aren't highs. Kids are definitely lows. Yeah, they can be lows. Definitely, definitely I think lows. that's when the like disillusionment really starts. I think you. As far as the marriage, I don't know that the kids brought anything positive to it. Mm. Like me and you. Mm-hmm. I feel like to our life they brought a lot of positive, sure, sure, sure. but like, but they're an added stressor. They're definite strain. They're strain physically on your your uh, like rest on your finances. Yeah. Uh, then one thing I didn't even think about uh, because I thought we we both grew up churchy and military. I thought we grew up exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But you realize how like intricate your family of origin is yeah. when you are raising children. Right. And now what you thought was cool and not a problem or even like in case I me and my brother or brothers, you had all sisters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so then that becomes another stressor, even though the kids are great and right. they're fun and they're healthy and all that type of stuff. But it's definitely a stressor. I agree. Definitely agree. And so you go through your relationship, you hit that point and all of those things. So you're you typically you're going to find yourself being with someone that is your opposite. So I'm quiet. He's loud. I'm an introvert. He's an extrovert. I'm a homebody. He's outgoing. I'm stable. He's the wild child. All things that you love and are like your initial attraction. Yeah. You get into your relationship and they are the very thing that you hate. 
They are the very thing that causes you the most unhappiness and uh, causes the most arguments are the things that you originally were so attracted to. And that's when the disillusionment starts. The way, and disillusionment to me is really like those definitions of like, this is what it means to be a wife. This is what it means to be a husband. This is what it means to be married. This is what our relationship will be. It's all of those expectations that we never actually had a dialogue about. And then you go into it and someone is like picking apart what you thought and that causes unhappiness. And so in that unhappiness, what ends up happening is you start arguing. And now those arguments turn into distance Yes. because now I'm essentially telling you that you are no good for me as is. Right. So all the things that I thought, no, I no longer want you to do that. They're no longer meeting my needs. They're no longer making me happy. And I want to change you so that you look more like me. Right. It's funny. Um, <clears throat> quickly, you know what stuff is going to cause an argument and you can just avoid the whole thing. Wait, tell me what you mean. So don't say stuff about what I'm about to say. Okay. This is early, Kevin. I never was feel this way. Never no more. Early, though, I'd be like, okay, if I say this or do this or don't do this, I'd be like, I'm going to have to hear her mouth. Mm-hmm. So I just don't even broach the subject because I know that this is a potential argument zone or topic Mm -hmm. and I don't even want to have the potential of that being a thing so I just don't say anything but what leads that what what that leads to is is um pre frustration Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like what I mean is like you would be I would be mad not mad but on the verge of being mad about something you potentially might Right. Feel or do, and especially later on in marriage, when I just started being more honest and open, and you, and found out you weren't even tripping mm-hmm. about stuff I thought you would be mm-hmm. tripping about. But early in our marriage, I would just be like, "Oh, I know she ain't gonna go for that." Mm-hmm. Like sex, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um, what was I was I, I married a good girl, but then I wanted you to be a bad girl, and then I knew like, okay, asking her to do this, this she ain't gonna do this. So I'm not even gonna say nothing. But then I'm gonna sit there and just stew, stew. and be be mad. So I feel like that trying to avoid an argument. You, you can succeed in that, but at the same time, you end up just making yourself frustrated or angry or bitter, and maybe the argument would have happened and you would have gotten over that, but since you don't even, you know, broach the subject, you end up just, you know, having an attitude. I mean, there's, I know there are situations where you've already had yeah. an attitude with me without even me actually physically doing Because something. you've played out, the, you played the is. tape. You play the tape forward, and with maybe, uh, well, to be honest, with a lot of times you play the tape forward with the evidence of what has happened in your marriage. So listen, I'm happy you said that because I want to tell you this thing that I just, they're kind of clammy. I want to tell you this thing Mm, as I was creating this, um, the thing that I thought of. What? Are you ready? Because you just broached it. I'm calling it the iOS. And just like your cell phone. Okay, I was about to say, Yes, iOS. But it's your internal operating system. Okay. So the iOS with your cell phone is the operating system of your cell phone that determines the interface. So depending on what Apple plugs in here as the operating system uh, um, determines how I'm going to interact with this. Right. You know, so touch screen, yep. what I can do, swipe left, swipe right for deleting, all of that is determined by the internal operating system. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is that a lot of times we take the knowledge from our past, yep. our other interactions, stuff from our family of origin, and they create our internal operating system. Yeah. Even and probably stuff from your uh, previous relationships. Previous relationships, our own, our, the current relationship, yeah. your past, your rela- your parents, rela- all of those things. Yep. Create your internal operating system. And then it's going to determine what I project and put out to the world on how you interact with me. Got it. And sometimes what happens is I play the tape that says, okay, so I already know that if I do this, 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 and this, this is how it's going to respond. So I don't even want to go down that path. So I'm going to cut it off. Yes. And so part of relationships is reprogramming our internal operating system, or at the very least, still putting ourselves out there to have the conversation in real time instead of assuming. Right. That was good, right? That was fantastic. You I came w- up with it all by yourself? I did. I was. I wrote it. It's further down a little bit, but um, that was one of the notes that I had because what I think happens is, so you've heard of the seven-year itch? Yes. Okay. So in case you haven't heard of the seven years, the seven-year itch is like this theory that says that at seven years, relationships typically fail. Like oh, most marriages. Crabs. Huh? 
crabs. I don't get it. STD crabs. They itch. The seven year itch of She's crabs. never had STD crabs. I, I Neither want, have I. Listen, though. <laughs> for whatever reason, right, right. Just in case we're all wondering, I want to be clear. I thought you meant gambling for some reason. Craps? Oh. Good girl. Good girl. I mean, the way I just completely missed girl. that. I Special just, girl. Real good girl. Good, good I clean. just missed it. Okay, we're going <laughs> to just disregard. Okay, so the seven-year itch is that... Um, at seven years, most marriages don't. Most marriages don't make it past seven years. And even statistically today, uh, the average length of time for marriages that end a divorce is eight years. And they're saying that it's only at eight years because of the length of time it takes to get divorced. Really? So it's still really seven years. Because a lot of states, you have to be separated for a year. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So it's still seven years. So there's really some truth to like that seven year itch. And this is what I think happens. I think by the time you're at seven years, you've had the opportunity to really create your internal operating system. You've had maybe a couple years of dating. Mm -hmm. You've had seven years now of marriage and you are at a point where you get to a point where you're happy and all of these things then disillusionment happens and then you're like oh this isn't what I thought it was going to be and so you find yourself fighting for your marriage and then that turns into fighting your spouse Mm. and then you become so unhappy that you and now you are going to look for things so it's twofold you're always going to look for things to confirm what you believe so when you are illusioned or you have the rose colored glasses on you are going to look for things to confirm how great your spouse is your partner is so when you're you see red flags they're not red they're pink Yes. Your friends and family are telling you that, that he's a bad guy. She's a good ba- or she's a bad guy. She, you guys don't deserve to each other. You guys aren't good together. Whatever it is, and you are going to fight them tooth and nail. Yes, because you are wrong. I am right, and these are the reasons why, and these are the flags that you're not catching. All you're looking at is this bad things. Right, sorry. And then again, the rose-colored glasses come off, and you realize you're not who I thought you were. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. And you feel worse because the things that you weren't even acknowledging at all seem worse. Oh, Because you were trying to make them better with the rose-colored glasses. They don't even go back to, like, standard. No. Now they are... They're glaring. Glaring. Everything is glaring. And now it is no longer... um, We've talked about this before where I don't feel that we have a problem. I feel that you are the problem you are my problem you are my problem yes. you are the source of my unhappiness my needs aren't being met my needs aren't being met and it, it i'm yes. doing great remix gospel songs for what i need yes and it's coming you are doing great am i and they're coming from you yes those and then what creeps in is all i, I don't need to, in, in this situation it's never i need to do anything oh no i just need to replace who you are and then another person i could because that's what we want to do I want to stay myself. Yes. So I need to change you. Yes. And if I can't change you the person, I'll change the person that is taking your spot and then things will be fixed. And things will be fixed. Speaking of fix, we have just had the, again, the women only. We had amazing doctors on and they gave us some sound advice, ladies, on how to have very good vaginal health. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you about Yakora. They are a company um, that low key kind of spawned my idea behind uh, the four women only, specifically having um, doctors on because- um, our women, our bodies are very complicated and trying to ensure that our pH balance is correct. Sometimes we be needing some help. So your Cora is here to help because UTIs are the second most common infection in the U.S., the second most common half of all women get UTIs and about one in five women struggle with recurring UTIs. That's a huge statistic. That That's means a, a heck of a lot of you listening to this podcast right now are going to have issues with UTIs. If you get UTIs, you know that cranberry juice is useless and taking too many antibiotics can be problematic. So what you should what should you do? You should try your core, the natural effective way to prevent UTIs. Your core's unique formula targets bacteria and enables you to safely flush bacteria out of your urinary tract, stopping UTIs before they even start. So this is about prevention. Your core also makes a specialized probiotic. We talked about probiotic with Dr. King, I believe. Uh, your core promote, which includes two specific strands of good bacteria that your body needs to keep bad bacteria in check. 
Your core promote balances pH and restores good bacteria that keeps your system healthy. We talked about the importance of having a good pH also with Dr. King. Just take one capsule a day to ward off UTIs and other tough issues, tough issues like yeast infections. Try your core risk-free for 30 days and say goodbye to UTIs. And right now your core is offering 30% off when you text prevent to 484848. But hurry because this is a limited time offer. Text prevent that's p-r-e-v-e-n-t to 48 48 48 to get 30 percent off your order of your cora that's prevent to 48 48 and then i also want to tell you about noom i said it on the last episode and again this is true fine girl fall is here <laughs> let's give up those dreams the disillusionment let's the rose colored glasses fall off summer is over we're in fall that means you can wrap some layers around fall. yourself and look good and feel good getting in shape just isn't about losing weight it is about learning healthier options uh healthier habits and feeling better about yourself whether that's more stamina to keep up with your busy life or finally getting into those gold jeans, being more in tune with your body's needs and practicing self-care. It's so important. Um, Noom is really amazing because of the ease of convenience of the app. Another reason I love Noom is that it encourages you. It doesn't shame you. But it knows that you are human. And remember, this is all, listen, Fine Girl Fall is not just about looking good. It's also about feeling good. And that's a mental thing. Noom is a habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Noom is not a diet. It's a healthy and an easy to stick to way of life. We are all strapped for time. Noom just asks that you commit 10 minutes a day for yourself. I what food. I love about Noom is no food is good, bad, or off limits. Noom teaches moderation and can you and it can be used in conjunction with any other pre-existing popular diets if you want. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small t- steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash love hour love hour what do you have to lose visit noom.com slash love hour to love start hour. your trial today again today. last time noom.com slash love hour the last love weight loss program you'll need so we were talking about the seven year itch right yeah so the average Not length the crabs. no um and so what you find is that when you're in that phase of like disillusionment, you'll hear phrases like, I just don't know if I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually accompanied by general feelings of loss, of excitement and passion for your spouse. You wonder where did the romantic feelings of yesteryear go? Uh, and everything just seems like it's not what it used to yes. be. Yes. Did you ever feel like you went through that? No. I feel like we went through disillusionment, <laughs> but we went through it late. I feel like, yes, I'm joking. Um, I want to say living in Washington for 13 years, I feel like we had um, a retarded marriage in the sense of the actual word. Okay. Meaning there was no growth. Okay. Um, after the divorce of your parents and the birth of the kids, nothing else really changed outside of me getting fired. Like once I got back to a regular job at Boeing, we were just like status quo thing. So moving to LA, I feel like activated a lot of new stuff that might not have been activated if we would have just stayed in Washington, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially over the last year of like um, you quitting your job or your job quitting you quitting overall uh me quitting my job that part was like okay now we got to deal with some stuff that we might not if i would have just stayed in washington like we were still in boeing and i was still in boeing you were still at well we both were still at boeing yeah some of the stuff that became issues last year probably wouldn't have been you know what i mean so i feel like we are we've went through these steps but not necessarily at the time that people have them right you know what i'm saying so um which i feel like is a little more dangerous tell me why because it was my thought in, in in marriage that past a certain point, like say 10 years, like it should be smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. You learn each other, you've been married for this time, and then it's like, I know you coasting. It's been our experience, however, that the last two years, I've had to relearn the most about you, probably as much as I did when we first started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't anticipate is how much a person can change at pretty much any time of their life. right? 
and how much the other person can feel lazy being used to the old version of uh-huh. you. So when you were like Melissa 1.0, which was not as aggressive, not speak up for herself, I hadn't gotten so used to that version. That version was easy mm-hmm. to deal with. You know, you just, you didn't rock the boat. You didn't really challenge me on a lot of stuff. You let a lot of stuff go by. And then when you decided, you know, late last year, like you finna start speaking your mind again, even though that's how you were early in our marriage, it seemed like that was like ages ago. You know what I think, though, is that I th- we did go through it late. I agree with you. But I also think we were going through it, but just differently. So and what I mean by that, tell me is, what you mean. I will. Is that I think a lot of times during leading up to that seventh year, couples are arguing aloud. Yeah. They're fussing and fighting and arguing out. They feel like we all we do is bicker at each other yes. all day. Yes. I feel like there's another group of people where we may have fallen into this camp where we were arguing in silence. Screaming in silence. Screaming in silence. And so I think to your point, I think it is far more dangerous because what happens is if you're not careful, you will wind up um 20 years married Mm -hmm. 15 years married and decide i'm unhappy and the reality is you've been happy unhappy for years you just didn't speak it aloud yes and what happens is you get accustomed to it what do you who you get you the person you get accustomed like this is how our relationship is. oh right i saw a quote on twitter this guy's parents have been married for 30 years something like that and they're like hey what's what's the key to stay married this long he was like oh you just accept accept 51 percent happiness like mm-hmm. if you're happy 51% of the time, that's happy enough. And people are like, that's like Monday through Wednesday yeah, evening. That's wow. a little bit of Thursday morning. You're supposed to be unhappy more than that. And that's what I think happens. People accept like this is just the way it is. Melissa's just going to be like this. So you can do, I think what you're saying is there's, again, so there's the out loud arguing and then there's the silent arguer. Right. And then there's those people that at seven years are getting divorced. And then there's those, the people that are divorced in place. Yes. Yeah, so another tweet I saw that was funny. Actually, it might have been a Dear Kev on stage. It was a Dear Kev on stage. Somebody said my parents have been married 40 years and they should have been divorced after 20. And all they claim is we'll be married for so long, but they have not done any work. Like they've basically been in a bad marriage for the last 20 years, but their claim to fame is being married this long. And I think a lot of times that's what happens. Like people get so, it's like, I don't, I hate to belittle it to this much, but it's like direct deposit Mm -hmm. or an iPhone. Like I haven't been super impressed by the iPhone in a while. Mm -hmm. Like they introduced one feature that makes it worthwhile. Like this year, it's the The white camera phone, right? Mm -hmm. But if I didn't see that in person with Tahir's phone, I wouldn't even have this phone, Mm -hmm. right? But what I really don't want to do more than get the new phone is learn an Android. It's not the love of an iPhone. It's just the like, I don't feel like learning something new, like change your direct deposit. It just seems like a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people in marriage is just like, I can deal with her at least I, it's the enemy you know. Yeah, but I don't even think it's always that. I honestly think it's usually financial. Oh, that's a huge thing. Yeah, I didn't even I would, think about that. Yeah, I would say that people... Uh, Get even, accustomed to a certain line? Yeah, I don't even think that all the time it's I have to learn a new person because I'm sure some people after so long, I'll just be single. I just don't want to be with you being happy. Right. I think people are just <laughs> get to the point where they're just like... If I leave, what are my options? If I leave, how do I maintain? How do I support myself? What does that look like? And if you can't see a vision, um, you feel hopeless. And so you end up staying. And what happens is that you, um, and I think we could have like been dangerously headed down this path of, um, hold, let me finish my thoughts. You said dangerous, I got scared. Uh, Of, when you are going through the disillusionment phase, whether you're arguing in silence or arguing aloud, it creates detachment. Mm-hmm. And when you become emotionally detached from your spouse, you find, and I don't know that I was doing this, but I, I can see how this happens. So now I'm in this relationship, but I feel lonely. I feel alone. I feel detached from my spouse. So I'm going to feel and try to fulfill those unmet needs with either extracurricular activities, spending more time at work or an affair. Yes. And that's what I believe you go through the romance stage you go through the disillusionment phase you then you go through within the disillusionment phase of fighting right of giving up and then what am i going to do i'm going to stay divorced or stay married but just be unhappy no i'm going to search out ways to fulfill those unmet needs and so you do and then the more you are 
spending time at work. The more you are picking up extracurricular activities, the more you entertain um, outside relationships, the weaker your relationship gets. Do you think people are doing that to sabotage their relationship? No, I don't think people understand that that's what's happening. Why do you think they're doing it then? Because because they still have unmet needs. I was watching um, uh, the Showtime the couple show. Couples Therapy, and what she said was that what we do is... Uh, we do things to weaken our relationship and then step back and say, look, our relationship is weak. Self-fulfilling prophecy. And so yeah, it almost becomes self-fulfilling. And I think yeah. that's what we do. I don't think we're uh, sabotaging as much as we have. We're people and we have these unmet needs and we're finding and searching ways to fulfill them. And then we step back and want to complain about how. A week our relationship is. Tell me your revelation. Revelation has come into my mind. Words of affirmation, boy. Yes. Okay. Wasn't getting word. For, say I wasn't getting words of affirmation for you, mm -hmm. right? But because of who I am on the internet, I get words of affirmation from mm -hmm. commenters, right? So I buy you a gift on Mother's Day that mm -hmm. you do not, not like. It, mm -hmm. I right? used it at the thing though in Barcelona, but keep going. I mean, not Barcelona and the cruise, but keep going. Oh, you're yeah. talking about the shoes. Disregard. Yeah. Disregard. What you using? I was talking about the fanny pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were cool with that. Yeah, okay. I bought you these sparkly shoes that you didn't like, right? Words of affirmation. But I don't even know if I did this on purpose or whatever, uh, but maybe I did. Maybe I was looking for an unmet need. Mm -mm. But I post the picture of me giving you the shoes, and guess what happens in my Instagram responses? Mm -hmm. Kev, that is so great. You are such a great husband. You do this. And ain't people like trying to get at me. A mm -hmm. lot of people are like, my husband don't never got me nothing. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, who's the man? Right. Me. I like it. Mm -hmm. I have unmet words of affirmation. Right. Now I'm enjoying this. Yep. These these affirmations from anybody, right? Yes. And these affirmations, <laughs> they mean more than you. You didn't say nothing about the shoe. Didn't even matter. Right. The affirmations are coming from somewhere. Right. Right now, then what makes me mad is not only do you not affirm, you say you don't like them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, DMs people are loving these. They're killing on the stories. Right. And you, the intention, you know, intended recipient, recipient, don't even like them. I bet you if I gave them shoes to someone else, they would like them, the person receiving them, and the commenters would agree. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be affirmed. So maybe I was looking for affirmation <laughs> and I gave you that gift. Maybe. This is possibility. But Maybe. I never thought of myself for fishing for something that I felt like you I was You know what's missing. funny is that I 100% agree that even if you're not doing it consciously, I absolutely recognize that um, you are words of affirmation. And I do believe that you, in some regards, seek that affirmation from other people. But if we're being 100% honest, sometimes when I know that, I'm like, I'm not going to give you nothing. If you're going to look for the to be affirmed by other people, why am I going to join in on that party? And that you let is them affirm me because to me, if you need it that bad, I mean, and this is petty, but honestly, these are the thoughts that happens with people. Tell the people the and thoughts. it allows and it allows. I mean, well, no, it allows your um, you will go down a path of weakening your own working against your own relationship. Yeah. So instead of me saying, and this is my honest truth, instead of me saying oh, my husband's words of affirmation, let me make sure that I'm at the forefront of affirming him. I'm saying he's words of affirmation. He's seeking affirmation from other people. Fine. You won't get, you won't, you won't get no, no affirmations from me. You won't get any affirmations from me. I'm a just, you want it from everybody else? Go on and get it from everybody else and just, That's what happened. Turn into a church mother. I turned to a whole church mother. Mm -hmm. And see if you get any affirmation here, you won't. You won't. As if that's not working against me. Same as thing with butt. Not People do that with butt too. Yeah, he, he need butt. Go on and get butt anywhere else but here. No, I don't think they do. Well, I don't oh, know. They Maybe do. they be like, yeah, get some other butt. I had some uh, Kevin Sage things. They'd be like, I don't want to have sex with my husband. Some, at this point, I'd rather him go get it somewhere else. Are you serious? And then just come back to me I, and be like that. So I, I am going to take back what I was going to say, which is I don't think that's true. But I 100% could see um, you become, and actually Esther Perel talks about this, you become so tied to your narrative. You get so on track Man. that you end up planting yourself, even if it's harmful. Let me tell you what. Back to Kevin and Melissa. Real life, real rap, raw marriage. Sushi, no paper. Just meat and rice and fish. I wanted Melissa to be a part That's of sashimi. the um, <laughs> the tour, right? 
first year. Yes. You were going through your own internal struggle of what you wanted your life to be. Mm-hmm. You missed a couple phone calls on the... I missed one. Uh, perfect example. You were late on a call, missed another one, right? Listen, I'm, a tr- I'm making your point. You arguing with me, you gonna make a different point. Okay. In my mind, here she go. <laughs> go. Never submit. Fantasia would never. <laughs> so, you miss a phone call and are mm-hmm. late on another one, and then what happened is I canceled another one, and you were like, "What I'm, happened?" I just want you to get Girl, the details. Girl, I know. Okay, uh, go. enough out of you. <laughs> So what I tell myself when you miss the call, even though what you're really doing is picking up the kids, mm-hmm. cooking dinner, mm-hmm. feeding them, mm-hmm. helping with homework yes. to make my life easier. Yes. I don't tell myself any of those things. Mm-hmm. I say, see, she don't want to do nothing with me. Right. She don't want to be on my team. That's why I got to have somebody else have my help. And then that becomes she don't even want me to win. Right. She don't believe in me. And all you really are doing in your mind is helping me by making the house easier because I don't get home till 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. But what happens is I tell myself what I already want to be true, which is she don't believe in me. And then I just make all the evidence. You know what it's like? It's like when they see us. Did you ever finish watching that? When they see, uh, no. Okay. No. Nope. You remember it, right? Or if you guys watched it. I can't the, watch it. Yeah. I, I, you saw Khalid Browder and <laughs> I skipped that one. Yeah. What the district attorney did was she thought these black boys killed them. Right. This woman. The evidence is not pointing that. So she just makes the evidence fit her case. These people are telling her this is impossible. They are great far analogy. from here. No. So if, if, if the body's here and the kid's over there, then the, the cops who have no stake in the game, they're like, well, they couldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. She says they dragged her. you now her. vested in your story. Now the evidence doesn't even make sense. But in our mind, we make whatever is even like a grab. We reach... We do this, we do this, we create narratives and stories and blah, 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 because we want to be right so bad that sometimes the facts are our spouse is not as bad as we make them out mm-hmm. to be, but we rather uh, enforce our narrative than to look at the truth of the matter. Especially, I think one of the things that we really helped us, I think it was Brene Brown who said, um, the narrative I'm telling myself is mm-hmm. this or that. Mm-hmm. And we started you know, using that in our relationship and it's been really helpful because a lot of times we're telling ourselves uh, a narrative that's much more negative than the truth. Mm-hmm. But instead of asking, we assume she did this on purpose. He did this on purpose. He don't want to do this. He don't want to do that. And then, which is worse, somebody else would do that right. willingly. Right. And I feel like social media sometimes um, uh, heightens that. Oh, because 100%. you got some. Let me tell you what. People out in the world, they'll give you whatever you want. 100%. I'm certain if I went searching my D, you know, I don't go in my DMs. I just leave them alone for many reasons. But whatever I was missing, like if I wanted to get words of affirmation, if I was that guy, because we talked to some of our homegirls and they'd be like, let me tell you what, married men be in my they DMs. They yep. Right? So if it was out there, you can go get whatever affirmation you need outside of your marriage because it's out there. And people won't respect your marriage. No. If you don't respect it, it's like I'm not married to you. So it does take more work to take all that energy back to your spouse and really work through that. Because it seems, especially in our society now, it's not even shame to get divorced or leave or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like... You know, I was thinking of reading books early in the 60s and 70s. There was so much shame attached to divorce. If we got divorced and we just said we don't even love each other no more, people would be like, oh, that's sad. Well, it happens. You know what I mean? Back in the day, they'd be like, nah, y'all, y'all. The only thing that was a get out of jail for your car was domestic abuse or cheating and like having a child. Right. But now we'd be like, it just didn't work out. We weren't seeing eye to eye. We thought we were better as friends. All of those things happened and people were like, well, you know what I mean? So you really still have to do the work when society won't even pressure you. To, right. to do it. We pressure you to leave, not to stay. Or we shame you for or staying. Shame you. Mm-hmm. We shame you for, for staying, staying instead of and, leaving. And, and congratulate you for leaving. Right. Yeah, we do. Um, okay. It's, I wanted to say, oh, I know what I wanted to say because you just were saying about uh, we are always confirming our narratives. And this happens on both ends. So when you're in the romance stage and the infatuation stage, you're looking for signs to confirm and ignore red flags. Yeah. And then once the disillusionment happens, you're looking for things to confirm how bad your spouse is. Yes. And so you swing from one side to the other. In reality, you just have to come to a realistic view of what's going on. Right. Um, and sometimes the most realistic thing to do is to have a glass of wine because relationships are stressful and um, 
we just be stressed and sometimes when you're stressed you just need to calm down and you need to do that with wine just have you a sip of the bean a good good sip uh so we want to tell you about first leaf you guys already know how i feel about first leaf because they offer fantastic wine options for a very affordable reasonable price you just need to go on their website you're going to take a quiz they're going to ask you different things about what you like what you don't like different uh brands of wine and flavors of grapes that you may like that you're interested in trying and voila they give you a little customized sheet that says these are the things that we think that you might like and what better way to experiment and and heighten your palate (laughs) than by having different options available instead of sticking to and getting the same old same old same old same old and Kevin and I are really into like trying to expand our cabs we've had Riesling but what did we have just recently a Pinot Noir. Pinot, child, we've been trying all the things. And it is. You think you know something and you like it and then you try something else and you're like, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. I think I really do like it. Oh, this. I think they like me. Um, so I know y'all are listening to me and you're saying, you know what, Melissa, I do want to uh, expand my palate and try different things. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to introduce <laughs> you to First Leaf because, first of all, they are so confident in the quality of their wine that they will have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not feeling a particular bottle of wine, First Leaf will cover it completely. So really, you get to try things and experiment, and there's very little risk, and that's what you want. It allows you to try and experiment and not be afraid that you're going to waste your money or a good bottle of wine simply because you didn't like it. When our bottles arrived, we tasted and rated them online. First Leaf then took my ratings and selected unique wines based on my taste for my next experiment. So then you're my next shipment. So then you're able to curate your wine packages. Sign up for my with my link, and you'll get an exclusive intro offer six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus wow. free shipping just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash love that's love. six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash love so now what I want to do I think we do you think we covered everything there are about you disillusioned now no, but I think where I'm at is a, at after disillusionment is a point of, um, I don't know the clinical term, it's escaping me right now, but I almost want to say of empowerment. Um, meaning. Better be some good. Meaning I was disillusioned mm-hmm. and now that I've come into the truth I am empowered to create a unique relationship yeah. that is realistic that is based on what my needs are and that is based on what your needs are yes. and that before going into any relationship with your own definitions that you haven't talked about like this is what I believe our relationship will look right. like and not getting your spouse's input is the biggest way to be disappointed yes And so now I've been able to articulate, this is what I need, this is what I want. You've been able to articulate those things. And I feel like it has brought us much closer um, together and it allows me to do the things that you need. I know your words of affirmation. So that's something that I'm always working on because number one, that's not my love language, but because I wanna make sure that your needs are met. Yes. Does that make sense to you? Yes. So what are steps to overcome disillusionment? Because a lot of times um, our listeners may be in that phase. Yes. And maybe it doesn't even take seven years. That's what I'm saying. It could be seven years because we're saying the seven year itch. But when I was like researching, they say up to 10 years is really considered high risk for divorce. Dang. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that many people have been married 10 years. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the point. Yeah. So 10 years is a new marriage? After 10 years, and I believe that, when I look at our relationship, I feel like we are birthed. And so what they said when I was reading was that up to 10 years is considered high risk. Really, they broke it down to like one to seven and then like seven to 10. But to me, it was like up to 10 years is really high risk. Then you go through like the phase that we're in. And then at like 25, it's high risk again. Really? That actually, your parents got married, divorced at, at around twenty-five. And there's a, a and couple that we know right now. Yep. That I and I think it's because your kids are grown; they're out the and house. You start looking at who is this? Who is this wife I see? Mm-hmm. 
In the beginning, you're able to remember the good times, the happy times. You know what I mean? I think at 20 and 25 years, it becomes such a fog that you're like, is it going to be like this forever? My kids are grown. I don't want to continue my life this unhappy. And also now you don't have the like anchor of kids Mm -hmm. because, you know, you don't want it to be hard on them. You pick them up, you blah, blah, blah. You want a stable home. There's we're staying in our neighborhood now because of our kids. We hate the house. Right. But but they can't make friends. You know what I mean? So I can imagine people do that for marriage. I mean, I know they do. But once you feel released from that, you're like, man, kids is grown people be divorced they'll be all right then you start really looking at because mom and dad is gone now husband and wife that might not have been who you've been for a long time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dang i never thought about that but people do be getting divorced in 2025 yeah and that's probably why yeah because they probably settled into you know middle school through high school through college years mm -hmm. and nothing has changed and nothing has changed and i think it goes back to the detachment so again when we were talking earlier uh where you're disillusioned and then you're unhappy and your needs are unmet so you look for these other outside factors we said extracurricular activities jobs and affairs but the other things you can throw yourself into mommyhood yes. you can throw yourself into fatherhood or and then it. or whatever it is i say mommy and daddy because mommyhood and, and fatherhood because what i was going to say is at tw- at 20 your kids are probably out of school Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, got it, got it. So So you're more of that role than the husband and wife. Well, hold, 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 hold. Let me finish the whole thought. I want to say words. I know. But what I'm saying is if your mommyhood and fatherhood, throwing yourself into those robes served as a way of meeting those needs, when your kids are gone, you now have an exposed need again. Uh Uh-huh. And now you're looking for your husband or your spouse to fulfill it, and they're not doing it, and they haven't. And so then you take a moment and you reflect on 20, 25 years of marriage and you realize you've never met my needs. Yes. I've never. And now your need, in some ways, if I understand you correctly, you switch that need being met to your children. Yes. And then they can't do it anymore because they move out. Now that need is still there. The need is still there. It's exposed. And you've been detached from From your your spouse for all of these years. And now- it's exposed. That actually makes a lot of sense. I never thought of it as a need being met somehow. Like maybe it's uh, feeling valued, mm-hmm. right? If your husband hasn't made you feel valued in 10 years, but your kids are like, mommy, where's my homework? It's right here. Mommy, can you pick me up? Uh, it's, and then that's where you're feeling valued because mm-hmm. you're just feeling valued as a person right. because your kids are like, thank you, mom. You saved mm-hmm. my life. You did this. And they go to college. They're not calling you check on them anymore. You don't have nobody to drop off from recitals. Now you're just like, well, how do I feel valued now? Mm -hmm. It ain't my husband. Then this other guy winked at me at Starbucks. Right. He said, you can be the cream of my latte. And then you're like, oh, no, Mm -hmm. I like sex him. So we just took a break because Kev needed, well, we both needed, but he went to go pick up Joey from school. So we apologize if we forgot where we left off. Do you remember? Yeah, so I don't either. Uh, But we do need to wrap up this episode um, about disillusionment. I think that is definitely one of the phases that we went through. I think we went through it late. Did we get there? We went through it late, but we went through it. I think it's a natural phase of marriage, of any relationship. Yeah, and as my career raises, it's just like, man. What else is out there? (laughs) I don't even know like <laughs> where to go from here. Um, uh, but Should you? Here's my question to you okay. for new couples. Okay, is this uh, all these phases, but specifically this one? Is this something that they should expect no matter what at some point in their marriage? Yes. Really? Disillusionment? Yeah. It seems so dangerous to say, okay, no matter what, this is coming. I think that it is human nature to have unspoken expectations that are unrealistic yeah that crumble yeah in the face of reality that's true i feel like that happened in the first week of marriage Mm -hmm. for us some of them it's just like there's what hollywood says your marriage is going to be what your parents marriage is what other marriages your age what people in your church your community whatever and somehow through all those pieces you build your fairy tale marriage 100 percent. nobody in their marriage feels like okay as soon as we get married 
you know, she gonna trip about this. You know, it's only the positive. We're gonna get to live together. We're gonna share our bills. We're gonna yeah. have great sex. We're gonna never argue. Nobody's ever like, man, we're probably gonna argue average about two serious arguments a week. Mm-hmm. So I feel, feel like just the good nature to hope for the best might be your first, not necessarily mistake, but your first like um, unrealistic, unrealistic expectation. Disillusion. Illusion. Illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I definitely did that. When we got married, I didn't think it, I, this is going to be the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And overall it was, but everything wasn't perfect. Right. So, and I think part of it is just recognizing that not only do I have a definition of what our marriage would be, but to a certain extent, extent, I have a definition of what I will be as a wife, who I yeah, will be as a wife. Yeah. Um, and in relationships, you sent me this uh, clip earlier, Charlemagne interviewing Gucci. Or Gucci Mane. Gucci. Um, oh, Gucci Mane. Uh, and he was talking about um, his wife, and, and ultimately he was talking about uh, mm. dynamics. And what I have to recognize is that my definition of what it means to be a wife impacts you as well. Yes. And so me saying this is how I'm going to be good. and not recognizing that you are going to influence how I act and respond. I'm already this definition has holes in oh, it. Oh, snap. Yeah. Work. Like Gucci, if you guys didn't see the thing, he might not have. He was talking about the meme that Snoop posted about, you know, you want a writer, you got to go through all these different levels. And he said it wasn't exactly like that. Mm-hmm. But essentially it was his the woman he married, and he even prior to marriage, the woman who he was with is how he became the man he was. Yeah. Because she was loving him through all this, mm-hmm. this trash, right? And I think in some ways, in a lot of ways, who I am is a reflection of who you are. 100%. And vice versa. 100%. And I feel like that can be positive or negative. 100%. That yeah. relationships are, are dynamic. And this is why, and actually one of my points to overcoming um, the disillusionment is recognizing that I can't change my spouse. I have to change myself. You know what's funny about relationship dynamics? You just made me realize it's not only your romantic relationships. No. It's, it's, every it's your parental to children relationship with friends, like who Josh is. Part of it is like, nah, when we were doing documentary, he was like, I'm going to let somebody else edit this because mm-hmm. I'm like, and I'm like, nah, you're going to do it. Right. He was like, but no. And I was like, <laughs> no, but yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then creatively, like, yeah. he'll come up with an idea that I didn't have. Right. And you know what I mean? So, and then like all of our relationships, Greg and me, like all of us working together mm-hmm. uh, is based off who we are and who we want to be. And I feel like, uh, of course, that's going to happen in your relationship. And that's why I think what, I feel like it was Brittany who said it. Brittany who said it um, sometimes the problem in your relationship is who you're pretending to be Yes, and I feel like if you are putting forth the pretend version of yourself you're creating a dynamic that doesn't even really exist like I'm going to give you an example there's always an argument on internet about men having their wife make their plate Mm -hmm. right that has just never been really important to me Mm -hmm. right but sometimes I feel like I need to take on this because men get like this and it really never bothered me like right. partly because the way I grew up my mom didn't fix plates right. because she was so busy she would make dinner and it'd be in the crock pot sure, or in sure, the sure. pot and she would just leave mm-hmm. and be like dinner's on the table so we always just made our plate it wasn't like she was at home serving us so I never internalized that I remember sometimes in our marriage people were arguing about that I was like yeah yeah you should bring my plate Lisa don't ever do it and then I was just like actually that doesn't really mm-hmm. you know what I mean but I'm taking on this version of a man that I feel like I need to be and then I was just like man that's dumb yes. and I feel like that's a whatever your dynamic is. It needs to be, be based on your true self, not a version of what you think a husband or wife should be. One hundred percent. So I think one of the steps um, to overcoming the disillusionment is just what you said, allowing yourself to, number one, put aside all of those de- definitions and illusions that you had prior to marriage and uh, yeah, marriage and come together with your spouse and create a dynamic, a new definition of what your marriage will be yeah. with each other. Yes. Uh, not just, I have a definition, you have a definition and it goes without saying those definitions aren't going to align. Right. And now one of us is going to end up unhappy, disappointed, yeah. um, or whatever, because we didn't come to an agreement on what our relationship yes. will be. And you need both of those parties in order to do that. 100%. Okay. So the next one is to give up on what was. We actually had this conversation with Deval and Kadeem, and we were talking about uh, we often hold on to the old and we want to bring that into our future. Yeah. And so, in 
instead of trying to say it was so good back then, why can't we get to that? That was old. It's in the past. Mm -hmm. You have to come together and create something new based on what is. And your dynamics will change because maybe then you didn't have kids. Now you're 20 years together. Mm -hmm. That's a a dynamic. You've had kids together. You've moved together. You've had jobs together. You have all of these life experiences that are are going to inform the new dynamics between you two. So it will never be what was. Be okay with that. Let go of that. Shed that and come together and create a new definition of what will be. Yes. Anything you want to add to that? No. Okay. Uh, The next one is... um, change your expectations ensure that they are realistic and achievable and i want to be clear that this is not to be confused with accepting lower standards that aren't acceptable right so a lot of times we have like these very as i was watching um couples therapy on showtime the guy was like i want you to anticipate when i'm going to be thirsty and bring a glass of water to me he told his wife that. oh yes out loud yes anticipate when i'm gonna be yes we need to have sex three times a day that's what it is i don't care if you're how you're like these are my every day kevin you didn't watch the the i didn't see that thirsty sex one you gotta watch the whole thing who who was he thinking he met a sex robot this dude was a total jerk to be honest but wipe is that what you're yes but wipe. but that's listen where she goes butt wipe you guys watch out it's a whole thing. The other, only other thing worse than that is butt head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing about him is that it's so unrealistic and right. it doesn't allow for any input from his wife. Yeah. And so you have to, again, come together, create. You have to just be like, OK, that's unrealistic. I don't even know why I thought that was a thing. It's not. Do away with that. But it doesn't mean you have to lower your standards. There are some things. Bless, bless you. you. Uh, there are some things that are simply unacceptable. And this is the other thing, again, talking about one of my other points on here is, um, okay, so one of them is do away with unreal expectations. The next one is speak up when you're unhappy. Yes. Speak up when you're unhappy. And don't expect people to know why you're mad if you don't share why you're mad. Yes. And try to figure out why you're mad. We are adultists. You must speak unto us. So the next one that I have is How many have, do you have? Uh, I won't go through all of them. I have nine. But don't Dang, avoid. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Don't avoid difficult conversations. Oh, I've done that. And we all do that. And the thing about um, disillusionment is that. Is that 602 is. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the thing about disillusionment is detachment. I feel like breeds avoidance. Yes. So the further away from you that I am, whether that's emotionally, physically, I feel like we are not connected. I no longer, it brings like more anxiety around the conversations that we truly need to have to right. strengthen our bond. Yes. So having those difficult conversations, setting my expectations, doing away with things that are unrealistic and creating something new um, and realistic and something that we both are able to have input on so that we can have a healthy relationship. I think that's it. That's it. We're finna go. It's not how you have anxious to go. Where you gotta go? I gotta take Zay. Jojo gotta go to soccer practice. What time's the thing start? At 410. It's 3.49. Well, Chad, you got any other last thoughts since you always no, rush me? I shouldn't erase Doughboy's my first and last thought. I can't just be getting into physical feats of strength and valor. No. I've been limping for the last hour. I went to get Joe and I was like, oh. You're going to be sore. I know. And I've been having like, ever since we came back from the cruise, I've had a workout every single day. Mm, that's your fault. Any last thoughts? This was really good. Oh, good. You know what I like about the love hour that I feel like is You unfair? see how he's on going on a tangent. No, I just want to say this last thing. <laughs> Bruh, stop calling me. It's unfair that we didn't have a love hour to listen to when we first got married. Oh, man. We was just out here in the dark, like, hoping for the best. We didn't have no... People our age, we know people older than us. Nobody was sharing with us these little bit of nuggets that would have made life so much easier if we would have had this. Yes, I agree. So, I mean, be thankful. That's why this is why I realized the love hour is good for single people. Learning about yourself prior to a serious relationship is the best thing you can bring into a relationship. Yes. A true, honest version and awareness of yourself. 
If you do nothing else but tell people what you like and don't like, how you like to be loved, your problem areas, your strengths, weaknesses, it's like, okay, man, we could actually, you know, it's a better starting point than starting off with my fictitious version of myself, a DBA. You're doing business as somebody else. That was good. Hey, oh, the whole episode. One of my other points was recognizing what you want, uh, what satisfies your emotional needs and making sure that you articulate that to your spouse. Mm. It was one of my one. One of your nine? Yeah, one of my nine. <laughs> we went through a lot of them, but not yeah. all of them. Okay, okay. no other last words. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on the Love Hour. Um, I have a couple last announcements. What are they? Number one, the Love Hour conference coming July 2020. The link will be in the bio or description box below, but basically go to thelovehour.com. We still have tickets available. If you are single, we are having a fun pajama jam um it's going to be a great time so if you're single make sure that you sign up to go because we did not forget about you you are welcome to join us classes uh breakout sessions will be geared toward you we also have our date night charlotte no, I'm pointing at oh, you. I'm talking to son, my son. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We have plus. No, you know I have to call you out because you be quick to call other people out and you don't recognize your own. Yes, I know I'm a hypocrite. We're all hypocrites about something. But <laughs> I'm just texting my son, so it's not the same as just scrolling on Instagram or Twitter. So boom. Join us for Charlotte in Charlotte, North Carolina. Four plus one. It's the very first <coughs> curated mm-hmm, date that's night. That's why you coughing in the middle of your sentence. Hypocrite of talking. <laughs> Charlotte, North Carolina, December eighth. Yeah, December eighth. Uh, it's going to be a great. There's less time. than a hundred tickets left. Yes, and it's going to be a um, murder mystery dinner. So that's going to be a ton of, ton of, ton of fun. So you and your plus one are invited. Whether that's your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, or just a friend, you can go to. Or just by yourself, you could be our plus one. Yes, thank you, Kevin. Don't feel like you have to have somebody to come. No, um, and I think that's it. <clears throat> Hypocrite of talking. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Bye. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving.